Welcome everyone to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Butcher. Terrific. This week we have an exciting episode, and hope everyone is ready because we are covering bear attack stories. <laughs> People seem to really love bear attack stories for whatever reason it is. I don't know why, but uh, they're super interesting, and I have several really good stories for you this episode. I've got a couple black bear stories, a polar bear story, and a really good grizzly bear story. And also, Dave, you have something for us as well, right? Yeah. Great. Um, Yeah, Things are going to be a bit deathy this week, too. At least on my side. (laughs) Okay. But I kind of like the deathy. Mine will be a little bit less deathy. Okay. (laughs) That seems pretty normal. You like the lighter stuff, don't you? Yeah. But uh, anyway, we hope everyone enjoyed last week's episode about the black bears of North America. I know I learned a lot just uh, researching it. Right on. And so I hope everyone else did too. What's one thing you remember? About the black bears? Um, let me th- if I, why am I going all over the place? My mind is thinking, okay, there's more than just the sun bear. And because <laughs> I remember I Because <laughs> you screwed that up, that up yeah. so bad last week. Yeah. Um, let's see. Maybe that they're different colors. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> Man, I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not gonna ask you the questions the, at the top of the show anymore. They had the white bear. Yeah, the spirit bear. Spirit bear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I won't ask you things at the Sorry. top of the show anymore. <laughs> hey, I'm just. I'm not here to think. I'm just. <laughs> Dave, I'm just, Dave's just here to react. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, as always, we are joined in the studio by everyone's favorite cheetah, Colonel Cheetor. Hell yeah, I love bear attack stories. People getting their faces ripped off and eaten alive. Hey, maybe you two dickheads should be attacked by a bear. Wow, that was really rude, Shitor. I don't know why I haven't made a rug out of him yet. (laughs) Jeez. I mean, he is a two-foot-tall plush cheetah. (laughs) You didn't get a a hand towel out of him. He's such an oxymoron. He's cute and cuddly, but he's just... But he's just a dick. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what do you say we just get going, Dave? Yeah. All right. So, but before we get in, into an attack story, I came across some stats and a map of North America, and everywhere there's been a fatal bear attack from 2000 to 2018. Oh, that's neat. So, let's go over it real quick. All right. So, I'm going to ask you another question. Dave, where do you think has the most uh, fatalities? Like, which state or province? Which state? Uh, Montana. No. Is it in the United States, though, or are you talking about It's Canada in the United too? States. Okay, Alaska. Very good. Okay. It's Alaska. So Alaska has the most fatalities. So this is an 18-year period, um, and Alaska has the most with 12 fatalities. Ooh. And this um, this is all bears. So this is all bears in North America, so black, brown, and polar. Okay. All right. And then, so Alaska's in first place, followed by British Columbia, Alberta, and Wyoming, all with five. Oh, wow. And then Quebec, uh, the Northern Territories, and Montana with three. Then Manitoba and Tennessee have two. Uh, Yeah, Tennessee seems like an odd one. Yeah. Kind of out of nowhere. But um, other places with just one fatality include uh, the Nunavut. That's a province in Canada. I don't know if I said it right. But uh, it's like the furthest north province in Canada. Yeah. Okay. And it was from a polar bear. But then we also have Ontario, New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, New Jersey, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, California, and there's even been one here in Utah. Wow. 
Hey, Florida's not on the list. Florida is not on the list. Surprisingly <laughs> enough, Florida is not on the list. All right, so there are uh, there are all the places that, yeah, like fatality in the last 18 years. And it totals to 51 fatalities. Mm. Uh, that works out to just under three a year on average. Okay. And uh, there are an even even number of deaths from both black and brown bears. Both have 25. Wow. And polar bears have just one. There was other polar bear. There was another polar bear death I know I know of, but it wasn't in the U.S. or Canada. It was in like uh, Norway or Greenland. Oh, okay. But yeah, this is just in North America stats. But yeah, so 51, 25 brown, 25 black. Hmm. Yeah, interesting statistics though, huh? Yeah, that is. I think it was kind of neat to go over. All right, but Dave, what do you say we get going to our first story? And what do you say we start out with that one fatality here in Utah? Fatality. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So let's go back. We're going to go to Sunday, June 17th, 2007. And let's meet a boy. His name is Samuel Evan Ives. He is from Pleasant Grove, Utah, and he is 11 years old. Jeez. You don't even know what happens yet. You don't hold back, do you, Matt? <laughs> Kids, no problem. <laughs> uh, I wanted to do the one in Utah. No, I get it. No, I'm just teasing you. Actually, I thought about it. I was like, originally, I don't, I don't want any kid deaths this week. But then I looked in the, the kid. Well, I don't want to give. Yeah, I looked up in there uh, in this story. I was like, well, I want to do the one in Utah. I guess there's a kid death. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he is your typical 11-year-old boy with a loving family. He was in the Boy Scouts, the chess club. Uh, he loved the outdoors and played some sports. He also had a very uh, large Lego collection. Nice. I so, like this kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, your average boy, really, uh, which makes this story even more tragic. Mm. Samuel, along with his mother and stepfather, went up to American Fork Canyon to go camping for the night. I've been up there. You've been up there, yeah. I'm sure. yeah. Uh, Samuel was beautiful. Yeah, it's very nice. Samuel was very excited to try out their new two-room tent. So like a, a yeah, two-room tent. Okay. It's got a zipper in between yeah. the two rooms. Yeah. Yeah, and the American Fort Canyon is a popular outdoors destination. They have the Timpanogos Caves. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been up been through We that? have not done that yet. We keep talking about it. We, it's cool. We hiked uh we hiked up by Mount Timpanogos, not the cave. But Mount Tipinogos itself. I did the cave uh, years ago, but uh, it was really cool. We'd go through it, and they got the stalactites, stalagmites, and they uh, you're in this you're in the caves, and they turn out all the lights that they have, uh-huh. and you it's just I've never seen such pitch black. Like you know that saying you can't see your hand in uh-huh. front of your face. It's true. You have, the John Cena thing. <laughs> you're doing the you John can't Cena see thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But no, it's true. Uh, you really can't see anything. It's kind of cool to go up there. Yeah, I want to. We keep we keep t- talking about it. We never well, do it's it. It's a little late now. It. Well, I heard it's not bad because you're in the ground. It's like, I think it's in the 60s year round there. It'll be cold getting there yeah. and cold coming out. In the cave, it's not going to be cold. Yeah, it'll be in the 60s. But I don't know when it's open. That's as a season. That's when true. It's open. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so the family found a spot to camp about two miles up a um, dirt road from a popular campground. So they're kind of a little bit on the outskirts. Okay. <clears throat> and at around 10.30 that Sunday evening, the family is in their two-room tent sleeping. The parents, uh, 
Well, the parents then hear some chilling screams coming from Samuel, saying, Leave me alone! This woke his parents, and the stepdad ran out to see what was going on. But Samuel was, he was just gone. Oh my goodness. Just missing. Now the parents initially think that he was kidnapped. That was their first reaction, that he's been kidnapped. So they call police. Police even blocked off the canyon checking vehicles. Wow. For for a boy thinking that he was kidnapped. Uh, Police arrive to the campsite a few hours later and realize uh, that... The, uh, Samuel wasn't taken by a person, but a bear. Wow. Uh, so, in fact, a 300-pound male black bear, what happened is it slashed through the tent and pulled poor Samuel out and carried him off before the parents could even see it. And then they never even heard that it was a bear or anything. Wow. S- like, stealthy. That is crazy. Yeah, that is really crazy. Uh, A little bit later, they found the boy's body about 400 yards away. Uh, No reports on the condition of the boy other than he was dead. Uh, We don't know if he was eaten or anything like that. That information wasn't released. But this does sound pretty predatory in nature. I mean, to do that, it sounds like... The bear was hunted using dogs to help. Uh, The bear was shot that night, but then ran off. So they didn't kill it. The dogs lost its scent for a while, but it was eventually found and killed Monday morning at 11.40 a.m. Gee. So there is actually more to this story, though. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. A little under 48 hours before the attack, so on Saturday morning, the same bear had a run-in with other campers not far from this fatal attack. So just Mm. in the same area. There were five younger campers, one named Jake. I can't read my own handwriting here, so (laughs) I'm just going to mumble it. Francom. (laughs) He's 26. And he was woken up that morning at 530 a.m. thinking someone was hitting and moving his tent. He yelled, stop it. But after two more hard hits, Jake realized it was a bear. Mm. Jake yells for a friend to go grab his gun. But um, the, at that point, the bear ripped through the tent, slashed Whoa. through the tent, taking a bite out of his pillow. Whoa. And then his buddy, uh, the guys sh- shot at the bear a few times. I guess they missed it. Uh, the bear walked away from the camp then stopped to stare at the campers before lumbering off. Jeez. So then Jake and his buddies drove down the canyon and called police. So this attack happened before Samuel, before Samuel's. Mm -hmm. Um, After hearing this first story, the DWR, the Division of Wildlife Resources, went out to search for the bear and did so for several hours with no luck. Hmm. Uh, where Samuel and his family camped is right in the same area as the first attack. Now get this. A member of the DWR was stationed in this area until 5 p.m. 
uh, that Sunday. Wow. Samuel and his parents got there after 5 p.m. Oh. So uh, they were never warned and never knew of the risk of there being a bear. The DWR says they weren't given many details on the first attack. Like they thought it was a brush by and not an actual attack. So they didn't know this bear was that serious of an issue. Yeah. Uh, Here's a quote from acting district manager, John Logan. He says, certainly if facts had been known to the extent they're known today, we would have uh, signed the area and had some kind of warning there that this site has been known to be visited by bears. Mm. Another interesting thing is that experts found nothing odd about the bear. It was actually healthy and uh, there was plenty of food available in the area to sustain the bear. So nobody knows why this bear was attacking people. Just a psycho, I guess. Maybe a serial killing bear. Yeah. Just starting out. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they just there's a lot of blame put on the um, the serv- the forest service. Oh, that's Be- tough. I mean, I I get it when your kid's gone, you hurt. That would hurt, you know. You got to try to figure out well, what could I've done better. What could have been different, you know. It's so easy to blame. You just never know with that kind of stuff, you know. It's it, no, you don't. You can't. But the parents of Samuel actually sue the U.S. Forest Service because there was no warning about the bear's presence, and a judge awarded the family two million dollars. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's an interesting story. Huh? Yeah, you know, when if you go camping, though, you're always you have to take the risks. There's risks on everything. You know, it's I I don't. It's so hard to see that. You could blame someone else, you know, nah, even if it was one. there. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it, I you know. might think differently if it happened to you, type of deal. I, I'm sure I would, but then I just feel I'd feel horrible, you know. You sometimes you just gotta let things go and say That's uh, a bad accident that happened. Easier said than done. It's, though. I mean, what are you gonna do now? You're just gonna have to. Now they're gonna have to post signs every time a bear attacks in a place or is seen in a place. Pretty soon, everyone's going to get used to seeing those signs, and then they'll be like, ah, whatever, you know? <laughs> Maybe. It's, 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 yeah. It's just I'm sure there's a lot to... more to it that I wasn't able to gather. May, there but... could be, yeah. But this but is the uh, the only bad. known fatal bear attack in Utah. Wow. There's been a couple of attacks. We covered an attack a couple of weeks ago yeah. from Moab. But, uh, yeah, this is the only known fatal one. Wow. What a wild story, though, huh? Yeah. What year was that again? 2007. Oh, okay. So, not long ago. Yeah. All right. Let's transition. Let's go to another story. And this one happens July 2016 in Sudbury, northern Ontario, Canada. Let's meet a man. His name is Rick Nielsen, and he is 61 years old. Rick was out walking his dog when a black bear cub poked its head out from the shrubbery just three feet away from him. Rick says it was close enough he could touch it. Oh, man. That would be so tempting, too. It's a cub. Hey, buddy. Well, but the, uh, (coughs) the, the cub then let out a loud yelp. Because Rick had scared it, and oh. the dog was barking at it, so oh. obviously you're going to scare it. 
And Rick is a former bear hunter and knew he only had seconds to spare before Mama Bear would arrive to defend the cub. Mm. She, he knows that Mama Bear's just right. It's got to be real close. Uh, Rick looked around but couldn't find anything to fight the bear. No rocks, no sticks, nothing. He couldn't find anything. Mm. And he only has a few seconds to react to this. But Rick actually has a secret weapon. And it's his own fists. <laughs> this is because he is an ex-pro boxer in the featherweight division. Nice. He heard uh, crashing through the bushes. And, well, in this corner is uh, Mama Bear. <laughs> she stood up on her hind legs and eyed him down. So Mama Bear took a swing at him. Whoa. And Rick responds with a right jab, gra- grazing nice. the bear's lips and teeth and actually tears up his knuckles in the process. Oh, wow. Mama Bear strikes back and uh, claws his face and his chest. Oh, yikes. Normally, in this type of situation, the referee would disqualify Mama Bear <laughs> for using claws, but there is no ref. Uh, they now have a bit of a stare-off, and Rick says he knew... She would swing next with her left and then come hard with the right. Mm. Uh, it's like he's scouted Mama Bear and he knows her moves. Nice. Uh, like like humans, most bears are right-handed too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Rick dodges Mama Bear and gives her an underhand uh, underhand punch and hits her right in the snout. Mm. And at this point, the the cub then loud another squeal and ambles off out of the area and this is the moment of truth what is mama bear gonna do is she going to um throw in the towel or is she gonna come back after him and this is the only time rick said that he was truly afraid Mm. i mean he is outmatched as mama bear is weighing around 250 300 he says and taller than him mama bear now has a bloody nose too from rick's punch Mm. Rick braces himself for another attack, thinking, oh no, here it comes. But Mama Bear turns back around and slowly walks off. Oh, wow. So Rick, the underdog, is the winner. Rick is then interviewed after the fight and says he really lucked out and that Mama Bear is more afraid of him than he is of her. (laughs) And 61-year-old Rick defeats Mama Bear. Uh, Maybe Mama Bear had to throw the fight in order to pay off her bear bookies. <laughs> there you go. We don't know exactly. But <laughs> pretty interesting. Yeah. I thought that was just kind of a, a fun, silly story. Crazy. I mean, yeah. it was definitely a dangerous situation. Oh, yeah. 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 And he only had a dog in his corner. Yeah, a dog wasn't... <laughs> He's just over there going, fight, fight, fight! <laughs> I mean, a, a dog could... I mean, I don't know what kind of dog it was, but a dog could be could be helpful. If it's as in, nipping or something. As in, well, I mean, if it was a good-sized dog, they would fight more likely fight than you having to fight it. Yeah. And you just throw your dog in there and you just uh, bounce off and well, take dogs off. Are, dogs are quicker. They can get a, They can get away. I mean, the bear runs... Can run pretty fast. Yeah, but, I mean, but if they had, a, but if the bear if fighting if the, with each if other, the dog's making sharp turns, you know, the bear can't get up to speed. Well, I'm just saying, if if you had to fight it or your dog had to fight it, I'd send the dog to fight it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You should train your dog to do that. Or something. <laughs> All right. Um. So now, how about now we cover a story about an attack 
from a different bear species. Okay. The largest and probably most dangerous overall species, Hmm. the polar bear. This story takes place in December 1990. And we are going to the whaling village of Port Port Lay is what it's called. Hmm. And it's in Alaska in the Arctic Circle region. And it's over 650 miles northwest of Anchorage. So it is really up there. It is way up north. And there are around 150 residents of Point Lay. Wow. Surprised there's that many. (laughs) What are they doing out there? But for this story, we are going to meet a man named Scott Haugen. So he is an ex- he is an experienced hunter from Walterville, Oregon. He lives in Point Lay with his wife, and he is the only high school teacher in the town. Wow. And he's also known for his various outdoor abilities. So... At 5 a.m., a call went out over the radio that the only police officer in town needed help to find a bear that dragged away a villager. Oh, wow. Now, what had happened was uh, another man named Carl Stalker had been walking with his girlfriend in the early morning when they were confronted by a polar bear. The girlfriend escaped... I think the boyfriend actually saved her and ran into a house while Carl was attacked right in the middle of town. Oh, wow. Isn't that, that's creepy to think about. I got a good picture in my head and yeah, that's, did you ever see 40 Days, 40 Nights? The vampire movie? No. With Josh Harnett. That's what I think of. But it was like, yeah, vampires invade this Alaskan town because there's, it's always dark. Oh, okay. And I, I, I'm picturing that town set up with the polar bear instead. And oh. it's kind of interesting. All right. So when Scott met up with the police officer, <coughs> so he met up with the police officer uh, where the attack took place about an hour afterward. And all they could find was blood and bits of human hair. Oh, wow. Several villagers on snowmobiles began searching a wide area. Scott was told by the officer to take his rifle and follow the blood trail. I mean, in a small town of, uh, in the middle of nowhere, towns with no real police force, the locals uh, come together to help every help out. Yeah. And the police officer trusts them. They all know each other, I'm sure. It's like, hey, here's my gun. Go get this bear. Scott actually tracked the bear about and he, well, which led him to an area about 100 yards down from an embankment towards the lagoon uh, he shined a light down there and he could see the snow was saturated with blood mm. that's one thing with um, blood in the snow it looks there's a it's creepy looking Ugh. it's kind of cool but it's kind of creepy looking you know just, just straight blood yeah uh, <clears throat> another snowmobiler drove up and in its headlights discovered what was left of Carl. Wow. Scott <clears throat> went to the body and Carl had been three fourths of his body has been eaten. Gee. <laughs> that's, 
That bear did some easy, fast work too. To yeah. Eat. To eat most of them in like around an hour, I guess, or an hour or wow. two. Wow. But he could not. Um, find, he couldn't see the bear right here. Yeah, and the one thing with polar bears is that it's always a predatory attack. Yeah. They will actively try to eat you in any situation. Yeah. Another snowmobiler, and uh, as it's, or yeah, okay, another snowmobiler has its headlights uh, reflecting off the lake, and Scott was able to see a hunked, a hunkered down form of a polar bear. The bear was kind of hunkered down. Oh, okay. Uh, but the bear wasn't being aggressive yet, but Scott didn't want to, he didn't want to risk it or wait for that to happen. And keep in mind, this is winter in the Arctic Gee. and it is negative 40 degrees right oh now. Oh my goodness. That just, that just sounds awful. Yeah. And the bear was less than a hundred yards away and was eventually, it started moving towards Scott. Gee. Scott pulled up his .30-06 rifle and shot the bear dead. Hmm. Scott said later, this incident has given him a new appreciation for the dangers of the Alaska Territory. Scott was told later that this is the first recorded case of a polar bear killing a human in the United States. Wow. Scientists believe the bear uh, killed because it was hungry. No surprise there. Yeah. And although polar bears are protected under federal law, you can shoot one if it's in self-defense. Okay. Or like a problem bear. Okay. Uh, Crazy story, though, huh? Yeah. And if you remember in our polar bear episode, in some areas you are actually legally required to have a rifle in polar bear territory. You remember when we covered that? Yeah, they they encompass a large territory. They're, yeah. they're uh, I mean, they're obviously all over the Arctic Circle and like Russia, Norway, Greenland, yeah, mm, U.S. Okay. and Canada. I think that was all of them. But yeah. sounds like a movie ready to be made with uh, Liam Neeson. You know, <laughs> <laughs> instead of the gray and the polar bear. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who you are, but I've got a very special set of skills, Mister Bear. <laughs> Mister Bear. <laughs> Did you like the gray? I liked the gray. Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, it didn't really portray wolves. Uh, there was criticism that it, they didn't portray wolves correctly. Like, they made them, like, hyper wolves. Yeah. Which and, makes, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of feel like, too. But Liam Neeson's just charismatic, so it was fun to watch. But, yeah, it does this silly stuff, you know, like, that typical movies do to create the suspense yeah. and, the, and the action. The ending was kind of interesting. Um, after the credits, remember you see the... Him laying on the wolf's head. You I don't remember that. No, this is it's after the credits. Oh, the, you see him laying on the wolf's head, or not in the wolf's head. You see that his head, his head laying on the wolf's body, and but you see the wolf's uh, is breathing. So it's just kind of to see you don't know which one who won the battle, okay. or did either of them. That was that was where it was going. Huh. It's kind of cool. All right. Anyway, we will have a story on epi- or an episode on wolves sometime. <laughs> We've been saying that for a long time. I know, time, but I keep saying we're going to do we it this winter. Do. We do. Yeah. That's to be a good time. Yeah. All right. So, Dave, I know you have something for us. Yeah. Why don't you hit us with it? Okay. So, bears, bears, bears. Um, this is on in uh, Yellowstone. So, I'm keeping up. This happened on the September 26th. 
a fourth so wait, hunter. Wait, this year, right? Yeah. A fourth hunter has been attacked. What do you mean by fourth hunter? By bears. Uh, meaning, uh, let's say, this, these are just by hunt. These are bear attacks on hunters, not on okay. just random people. Okay. These are actually hunters. So just for this season, the a fourth, fourth one hun- this year? hunter has already been attacked. Yeah. Oh, by wow. a grizzly bear. Brown bear. Grizzly bear. Yeah. So this is in Montana, not very far from the other ones. Um, the other ones happened. There were three hunters were attacked and injured on September 16th. So three hunters two separate all in, incidents. in one party? No, there were there were two in one party, and then okay. another one on the same day was attacked. It's crazy. So, but uh, this this man that was attacked on the twenty sixth, he was he's attacked, um, got a couple shots at the at the bear, and it ran off. Okay. Um, that that's as far as they lifted there, and then he got medical attention, found some people, and got medical attention. He's fine. The other ones were are fine too now. Okay. They've got medical attention. But they've talked about it like, man, that's quite a few attacks in such a short amount of time. And they've said, yeah, that's because uh, um, the grizzly population has increased. Yeah. Something, you know, I think I pulled up the wrong article. But there was it was something like it's gone from 300-something in that area to over 700. Okay. In, in such a short period of time. So now there's just so many around there. And plus, it's their feeding time right now. And the, Yeah, it is right now. And then, But they're now they're, they have to move out because there's not as much territory. Yeah. So there's be, there's becoming more encounters with grizzlies. And those yeah. are dangerous. Super dangerous. Yeah. I mean, granted, they're on hunters, so it kind of feels like, uh, hey, fair game, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, anyway, I thought that was interesting that, hey, they're coming back. You know, the grizzly yeah, bears are, are making a comeback from on their... Um, on their protection. What, what, sorry, what's it called? Their endangered, endangered list. Yeah. yeah, the endangered list, yeah. So I got that. Um, do you want me to tell the other one? Talk about the other one too? Oh, well, yeah. Okay, so also, and then on the lighter side, guess what week it is, Matt? I... <laughs> it's called, it's Fat Bear Week 2019. Fat, Fat Bear Week? <laughs> yeah. That's a thing? yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. So there's a there's a place in Alaska called Katmai National Park. And I guess it's pretty neat. I I was looking it up after this, and I'm thinking, well, this is actually pretty cool. But because I've never been up there, but anyway, they've got bears go there and they fish on a certain river every year, and because they're trying to bulk up to so get ready for the yeah, winter. Yeah. So anyway, they just get fat. And so they they have a pole because they they get oh, to know I've the bears there. Oh, have this. you? Okay. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, yeah. I have heard of this. They get to know the bears. They name them. They number them. Whatever. And they so they and they watch them. You know, the people watch. And then now they're on the internet, and yeah, you can vote have... for fattest bear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have. I, I I swear we talked about it one time. But oh, have we? I don't know. Okay. Now that I think about it, I don't know. They they bracket it out just like March Madness. <laughs> <laughs> so they are bear bookies. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So, yeah, it's, um, where's the, sorry, I got to get back in the Facebook thing to show it. But they've got, they just did, uh, let's see, they've got, they did the first bracket. Yeah, I want to know so who's now winning. Down, here we go. Sorry, this content's not available right now. Go, oh, come on. Shoot. But uh, anyway, Lefty beat out Otis. <laughs> it's it's pretty neat. You got to see their pictures. Well, do, you have, um, do you have all their names? The, uh, no, not all of them, but because the, it seems like they, they bracket, this bracket ends up, uh, in, in the second week, they end up getting on with other, they put new bears oh, in that I they see. think are even bigger. 
And then they even have a junior one for younger Cubs. <laughs> for Cubs. Yeah. So last year... Wait, let me see the bracket. Oh, yeah. Here. Oh, why is it doing that? It's telling me content's not available. Here, let's try this one. I don't, it, I don't yeah, have to see it, the full is it picture. Doing that? It's, no, it's not even opening now. It just opened for a second. Now it's saying this is it's why not available. I, That's weird. We're having technical issues uh, yeah, at the moment. For some reason, it won't pull back up. Let's see if it's on here. Here, yeah, just let me you can see, see that. that one. Fat Bear Week. Yeah. Okay. This is Lefty Otis Divot Bear 402. Yeah, and now Lefty's <laughs> going to go against Chunky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Walker, Grazer, Yearling. I voted for Walker today. Did you? So we'll see. see Walker. He's a good looking bear. Yeah. It's it's funny because they'll show pictures of them in June and you're like, holy moly, you know, skin's drooping. And then they show yeah. pictures of them now and you're like, whoa, it's a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. Chunk. And they don't have uh, Holly. So that's kind of, <laughs> I, I have seen this, heard of this before. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty neat. I want to play. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to follow it. I think that's pretty neat that they do that. Uh, we'll but figure out the website and we'll uh, put the link up in in case any of the listeners want to yeah. vote for Fattest Bear. It's on fa- yeah, it's on Facebook, so you can just go there. Another neat thing they have is that they have a they have webcams set up that are constantly watching that river. Oh, and it's pretty yeah, neat. That's right, they do. I've I've watched highlights for a day, and that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Where you, we just saw three bears sitting there, and then it's, they have like a little falls area. It's, mm-hmm. It probably falls maybe five, six feet, maybe a little more than that, five to ten feet somewhere in there. And they just the bears just sit there looking for fish. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they, I guess some they look so big. I'm sure there's times where they just kind of sit there and have fun, you know? Because oh. I just sit, I'm sitting there watching. They're just sitting there. Mm-hmm, looking around like no big deal, and there's three grizzlies right yep, by each other, and they don't they're, they're all fighting. share they're right just, there. Yeah, they're was, all trying to do the same thing and fatten up. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So maybe they just make a competition out of it too, like a fishing competition. I got six today, Fred. <laughs> chunk. I mean, chunk. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it. I think that's pretty awesome. I, I check out the webcam too. It's really neat. They they showed a video of a. Of a bear doing a belly flop off the falls <laughs> <laughs> and started jumping in the water, but uh, I there was one I can't remember who it was last year that won. Um, I can't think of the name now, and I can't find it. But apparently, oh here it is, Bednose was the was Bednose. The, yeah, she won last year. Oh really? Yeah, but she was twenty years old, which is wow, pretty old for a bear. Really? Oh, here, look, there's a picture. Damn, of that is a fat <laughs> bear. Yeah. So it seems like the females seem to get big because some of the ones I've seen on this are the females. They're huge. <laughs> it's just she just looks. <laughs> I just want to cuddle with her. I know it's almost like a round ball. It's like something <laughs> Japanese made, you know. <laughs> she is it's a just, fat mama bear. Yeah, but yeah, they they just get that big. So it's not they 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 say hey, this isn't about shaming, you know. Is this is because this is what bears do and they need to. Yeah, it means sh- they're healthy because they can last the winter. I don't think the bears will feel shameful. Yeah, they don't care. It, so they don't care. But they look cute anyway. That yeah, way. it's. It's a cute thing, but yeah. Anyway, so Bednose, they haven't seen her this year, so they think she she, she might have died. died. Yeah, which is kind of sad. But but hey, she could die as champion. She of died 2018, as champion, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so I so I say check it out and and uh, go vote for the fattest bear. It's funny to see him because I'll show you the. It's like a before and after. <laughs> You'll have to show me when we uh, when okay. we wrap up. Yeah, that's kind of fun. I have heard of that. I know. So that is kind of that is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, Katmai National Park, K A T M A I. 
Yeah, we. Yeah. I'll try to put up a link of some kind okay. to, if anybody else wants to check that out. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, thank you, Dave. Yeah. Um, so I have one more story for us this week. It's a good one too. Let's get into it. But in order to tell the story, we actually need to do something first, Dave. Oh. Something we have not done in quite a while. Let me power it up. <laughs> we need to hop in our time machine. Sometime. Somewhere. Yes, it's been a while, huh? Yeah. It's been several, several weeks. <laughs> it has. <laughs> so we are going to October 1956. Oh, wow. Uh, this is one of our older stories that we've told, too. And we are going to Flathead River in Montana. But actually, before we do that, uh, that though, let's actually meet and get to know a guy a little bit real quick. Okay. Let's meet a man. His name is Kenneth Scott. He is from a small town of 1800 called Fort Benton. And there's actually more people then than there are now in Fort oh, Benton. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Kenneth was known as an all-American, uh, kind of a kind of a hometown hero boy. Actually, oh, okay. uh, he was five ten, blonde, and he was class president his junior and senior high school years. He grew up poor, and his uh, grandpa was a dirt farmer. Dirt farmer? What's the? What's... I think that's just a. I don't know what that means, but I've heard that term before. I don't know what it actually means. Huh. I think it just means like a dirty farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I, re I really don't know, because huh. I'm not sure. All right. But he was he was quite the athlete. He was captain of the football team, where he played fullback, and was also a track and field athlete. And in the 1944 football season, his team won the Judish, Judith Basin District Championship, hmm. beating Malta 45-7. to Malta? Yeah, it's just another small town, I think. Oh. Not the country. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Malta came all the way in 1944 to go to a play a, a football game. <laughs> and that's still, this is like football back when they wore those funny hats. Oh, okay. Like leather, leather hats. Yeah. yeah, and you have five, six, uh, or yeah, like five, ten, uh, 170 pound guys being a fullback. That's not what it is now. <laughs> All right, so Kenneth received several offers to play pro football out of high school, including offers from the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. Wow. However, he turned these offers down, and he moved to Loma, where he leased 1,200 acres for a cattle ranch. Hmm. I, I, I might go with the football route on that one. Yeah. Between those two options. But uh, after he graduated in 1945, he married his high school sweetheart, Bernita Flat, And the couple had three daughters, or eventually would have three daughters together. Connie, Shirley, and Glenda. Glenda. I'm not a fan hmm. of that name. That's interesting. Glenda. Yeah. Yeah. And Bernita. You don't really hear names like that. No, you don't. Anymore, yeah. do you? Uh -uh. Shirley. Yeah. Connie. Connie is okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Kenneth sounds like, yeah, he sounds like a cool, interesting guy. Yeah. Let's fast forward, though, to 19, October 1956. Kenneth is now 29 years old. And he is going on an elk hunt with four of his buddies. There's, their names are 
Mo Embleton. I like that name. I don't know why. Uh, Lloyd Klein, Ray Ham, and his best friend, V.F. Squires. V.F. Squires. We're just going to call them Squires. Okay. So they took off toward the Continental Divide near the headwaters of the Flathead River. Kenneth and Squires spotted fresh elk tracks and headed out by themselves. So just the two of them went out uh, to hunt the animal. And, but unknown to them, a large male grizzly bear was in the area and picked up their scent. Oh. <clears throat> the two initially, uh, or they, I'm sorry, they intentionally separated. Kenneth stayed at the top of the ravine while Squires followed the elk trail down the slope, hoping to flush the animal out towards Kenneth for a clean shot. While walking, Squires heard a uh, crash in the timber. And about 50 feet away, he sees the angry grizzly bear. Oh. It then charges at him. And Squires said the bear cleared that 50-foot distance in three bounding leaps. Wow. Squires tried to back away, but tripped and fell onto his back. The grizzly attacks, sinking its teeth into his ankle and shakes him around. He tried kicking the bear with his other leg. All right, but then uh, Kenneth hears what's going on and fires a shot into the air to distract the bear. So the grizzly, this works. So the grizzly drops Squires, uh, looks for and finds Kenneth and starts coming at Kenneth now. Oh, wow. Kenneth gets off another shot at the bear and hits it. Hmm. The bullet, later on, they would find that the bullet clipped uh, the bear's shoulder, broke through three ribs, punctured both lungs, and then stopped about six inches below the bear's spine. Oh, it's an interesting wow. shot there. Yeah. And that that you would that might be able to take it out too, and That's probably would crazy. eventually. But the the bear turned around and ran off, leaving a blood trail behind. So Kenneth and Squires des, uh, decide to track the bear and kill it, so the injured animal couldn't attack any other hunters. Yeah, because this is a really dangerous time. For a bear is when they're injured. Mm, they're yeah. super dangerous when at this time. So uh, Kenneth and Squires, they took uh, they took a two hour long rest. You know, eat, reload, gather themselves. And Squires had been attacked, but I guess he's still okay. His ankle is still okay? okay to walk on. Oh, wow. I guess I don't know if the, in the art story it said it was his ankle, but I, I was like. Man, that would be, even if he got just bit a little, it would swell up. So maybe it wasn't his ankle. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he had pretty tough boots on. Yeah, then that's a good point. Maybe he just got his boot and his pants and he didn't didn't get his ankle. Uh. So anyway, both of them are okay. Uh, so then after their rest, they follow the blood trail and found the, well, they, actually they were, they wanted to wait. They were purposely waiting to see if it would um, be even more weak when they got to it or if it would just die on its own. Oh, okay. So that's why they waited there for a while. So then they followed the blood trail and found the bear on the edge of a hollow. And they then pull out their guns and start shooting at the bear again. 
Kenneth's gun jams, so he knelt down to reload it, and Squires fires until he was completely out of bullets. Wow. And as Squire reloads, Kenneth yells out to him, telling him to run because the bear is charging again. Oh my goodness. Squires ran to the edge of the ravine, but the strap of his gun caught a tree branch and he tumbled down to the bottom. Oh no. This Squires guy seems a bit clumsy, to be honest. Oh man. So he laid there and now he's, his gun has no bullets. So all he has is uh, his hunting knife and he hears Kenneth struggling up, um, up the ravine and out of sight. To, to, for squires so he hears the struggling and then all of a sudden uh, the forest went silent oh no not knowing what to do he thought maybe Kenneth was able to get away from the bear uh, and him with he, all he has is a knife he uh, thinks it over and decides the best thing he could do was go to the other guys in the hunting party to try to get some help so Squires sprints back to his horse and then raced back to the camp to get the other men. And he does so. All of the men come back to where this uh, second attack took place. And amazingly, they find Kenneth. Oh, wow. Still conscious, but very badly injured and bleeding. Oh. And the bear is nowhere in sight right now. Kenneth uh, told his buddies what happened. He's able to talk. Okay. Saying that the bear had taken his whole head in its mouth four times. Oh my goodness. I've That's easily possible. I've seen a bear wrap its um, mouth around a bowling ball. Jeez. Um, <clears throat> and this actually showed as Kenneth's scalp had almost been completely torn off. Oh. Now this is, this gets bad. This is a... Uh, uh, one eye was ha- uh, hanging out oh, and wow. hanging by his ear and his oh. face was covered in puncture wounds from uh, the bear's teeth c- going at his f- head oh, and face. Oh my goodness. Kenneth, who is able to sp- speak, like I said, uh, he said the bear rolled around on top of him and this uh, broke six ribs and injuring him internally. Jeez. And the the group, this might be the most visual thing that you can think of, but the group tried to give Kenneth a drink of water, but the liquid just spilled out of the holes in his cheeks. Oh, man. Isn't that something? Yeah. All right. Been pretty uh, gnarly so far. Huh? Yeah. Uh, the men took off their shirts and used branches to create a stretcher. And move him to the bottom of the creek. Just before a couple of the men were about to leave for help, the bear returns for a third time. Wow. And is just feet away from the group. Now, uh, Mo Embleton, my boy Mo, he raises his gun and shot the bear in the neck. The bullet shattered the grizzly's spine and it dropped dead. Ooh. Finally, the bear was dead after yeah. all of that. But the whole thing's not over because Kenneth is still in really bad shape right now. And the men rode out for help, but the telephone line from the local Forest Service airfield was down. Oh, man. 
they do run into other hunters in the area. Uh, a couple guys named Frenchie Mayer and Roy Roy Holm. Uh, Frenchie Mary, French, sorry, Frenchie Mayer rode his horse 16 miles to another small town called Benchmark to call the um, air service in Great Falls. Mm. And this is about 12 hours after Kenneth was attacked, and he has been conscious this whole time. Wow. And able to talk. Kenneth asks the group, What will happen to my family? That's one of the first oh, things you man. would think to ask. But at one point he says, God, I wish I'd die and get this over with. Oh, my goodness. I can't blame him there. Gee. That's what you get for being an all-American. Man, you're just so tough. Yeah. You just like, won't die. <laughs> but a plane was sent to the area, but it was unable to land in the dark. Oh, my goodness. Kenneth dies an hour before a doctor finally arrives. Oh. What a crazy way to die, though, huh? Yeah. It doesn't sound fun. No. So, the kind of a little bit of the aftermath of this. So, Squires, he, li- he li- lived a tough life following the death of his buddy. So, his son, Mark Squires, was bullied in school by kids who called his father a coward for leaving Kenneth to find help. The bullying was so bad that the rest of the men involved came to Mark's class and explained what happened to all the children. And all of them were experienced hunters and assured the students that there was nothing Squires could have done but go for help. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And following Kenneth's death, the city of Fort Benton named the community field Scott Field. And it was marked by an arched gateway onto the field. But mm. in the 70s, the high school got a field and Scott Field no longer exists. Oh. Uh, Dave, did you like that story? Yeah, that's crazy. I purposely went back in time for an older story. I just wanted to do something older. We haven't, we've covered a lot of recent things, so I wanted to go back in time. Okay. And I was lucky that I found this one. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. That's pretty neat, yeah. But... Yeah. Those old-timers are tough birds. Yeah, they really are, aren't they? Yeah. But that is going to wrap up the episode. I hope everyone enjoyed these deathy tales of bear attack stories. There's something about bears that we as people just really like. And bear attack stories are especially scary for some reason. I don't. There's just something about it. Can't put my finger on yeah. it. But I like them too. But yeah, I hope everyone liked it, and we will have more episodes like this in the future. I was able to find a bunch more bear. Att- I got a load of bear attack stories that we could do. Nice. We could make this like a ten parter. I bet. <laughs> one one thing we're gonna cover. I kind of I, I almost made this whole thing about it, but I was found it a little bit late in my research. But we're gonna cover a story called the Tale or was it Grizzly Night of the Grizzlies? That's what it's called. It's Ooh. it's really interesting. It's in Glacier National Park, where two separate bear attacks happen on the same night. Like, two different bears attack on the same night, and they both kill, like, 19-year-old girls. There's a documentary about it. There's a book on it. So, it might be able to... (laughs) That's that's like a horror film. Yeah, it really is. So, um, I found that story. Ooh, we're definitely doing that sometime. Nice. But for next week, we have our second edition of hunting accident stories. 
All right. Mm-hmm. We did one of those last October, too. I think it was episode 15. So go back and actually check that one out if you haven't to get ready for this week. Uh it was it was kind of an underrated episode. Like, it's was not, it really? No, oh. it's just it doesn't have as many hits as a lot of our other ones do. Huh. And I was like, ah, oh, that's one of our better ones. I think. I thought, I thought, thought it was pretty. Funny. That was some really, funny stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. there was, there was uh, <laughs> people mistaking other people as deer. Yeah. Uh, dogs. Dogs, dogs oh. accidentally shooting their owner. I could just picture that. Oh man. <laughs> oh boy, we're gonna go hunting. <laughs> <laughs> shoot some I remember you shot one guy right in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Um, yeah, there were there's some sad stories in that too though. Yeah. There was there yeah. were some sad stories. But we'll try to keep it more fun, I think, next week. Okay. Well, maybe. Maybe <laughs> maybe some deathy. Yeah. Yeah, we'll find a lot a middle ground between <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, after that we are gonna start our Halloween series. Uh first spiders, then rats. Uh it's that's still the plan. So it's going to be a fun month for us. Right on. All right. So, Dave, if our listeners want to help out and contribute to the show, what can they do for us? Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to. Subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, say something you like. Just just help us out in that way. And if you can bear it, you can become a producer of the show by donating. All right. Good. I, was, I knew you I figured you'd put a good pun in there. <laughs> But yes, uh, go to Apple Podcasts, give us a review, give, give us five stars. It really helps out. And if you want to be a more, even more wonderful person, become a producer of the show. Go to PayPal or Venmo and leave a donation. That means a whole lot to us. Uh, it doesn't The amount doesn't really matter, but anything helps. It'll help us get some uh, merch going. I was trying to draw something the other day. I'm not a good artist. It's hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to show you. <laughs> no, do it. I, I don't it. have it here, so I didn't, I didn't bring it on purpose. <laughs> but yeah, you can go to PayPal or you can find us by you can find us by our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com or on Venmo, my personal account, Matthew-Hamilton-51. And that info is also in the description below. And to all the listeners, feel free to contact us if you ever want to. Tell us a cool animal-related story of you or someone you know. Or if you just want to suggest an episode idea, or if you just want to ask a question or say hi, please feel free. You can email us or message us on Facebook. Also, help us grow by recommending us to family and friends. Tell them we are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, all the platforms we need to be on. All right, Dave, do you have anything to add? No, I'm good. All right. He's probably just going to be a dick again, but... Uh, Colonel Cheetor, what do you have to say? Okay, guys. After listening to those brutal stories, I hope neither of you get your face ripped off or eaten alive. I love you guys. Oh, oh, oh well... Sounds like he's turning a new leaf. Well, thanks, this, buddy. This we might help our relationship. I feel the same way. Uh, thank you. Thanks. But you two can still suck it. <laughs> well, that's... There we go. There we go. Back yeah. to normal. Yeah. this is force of nature podcast thank you for joining us tell your friends be a part of building us up and keep it wild that's my new sign off nice bye and we'll see you next week bye